Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Paddy Mann, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Today, my co-host Alexis has joined a business retreat, which happens to be in Marbella in the south of Spain, where it's sunny and warm. I'm in Sweden, where it's uh, October, and it is neither sunny nor warm, but I, I do not hold this against him. I'm just delighted that he can be somewhere where it is uh, so pleasant and he can be having a great time and helping so many business owners that he is there with. I think there's a group of 40 having a good time. Cool. So today I'm going to be moving on to the area of documentation. Now, documentation is uh, something that might not sound exciting, but when it comes to de-stressing your business and, frankly, unlocking growth, it's essential. It, you need to be able to have somewhere where you are documenting your, your business processes, uh, your training, your onboarding, uh, your policies. And if you don't provide your employees with a resource where they can find the guidance that they need to do, or they need to uh, excel in their jobs, then it's going to cause all sorts of stress. It's going to mean that it's going to be difficult for you to delegate. It's going to mean that there's no clearly defined agreement of what best practices look like, of the exact steps that people should be going through when, or the key steps that they should be going through when they're doing a demo call or developing a new software feature or sending an invoice or, or whatever. Um, you know, mistakes are going to happen. You don't have a baseline on which to improve the, the best practices that you see some of your team members, you know, the ones that Excel doing those aren't, uh, there's no easy way for them to be passed to all the other members in, in the team. And so, you know, doc documentation, getting this right is, it's going to be critical. It's going to be an essential part of removing a lot of the the major stress points from your business and helping your your company to to grow and a lot of businesses think this is something that that can wait uh, I, I certainly remember when i was starting out in in business it was this kind of feeling that this is a problem that can wait until you've got a million pounds or now a million dollars is about the same uh in in revenue where you've got a team of 10 20 and sometimes people think it's around the point that you have 10 people some people think it's around the point you've got 50 people uh at that point you know you can't just talk to people uh easily and what i've discovered is it, it's it's not about a fixed amount of revenue or a fixed number of people these problems will hit you almost from the point that you bring in any other team members because you don't have anywhere to to store you know any kind of agreed best practice or um or, or standard and you don't have any way of laying the foundations for other people to be joining the company later i think when people say you know wait till you get to a million or wait till you get to 50 people they are reflecting on how quickly they got to that point. I mean, if you are a hypergrowth company and you get to 50 people in a year, then sure, there might be other challenges that you're facing in that first year that take priority over making uh, documentation the, you know, the essential focus for your company. But for many businesses, that doesn't happen. And after 
a few years, 10 years, even, you know, they're, they're still under 10 people or, or thereabouts. Um, and the, the issues come up, come up quickly. And when I started my first software business, it took us, I think we shared this in the first episode, it took us a year to get this right. Second time round, trust me, we were putting in the, the processes on day one and it, it was a beautiful experience, you know, hiring the first people into air manual, we were able to get them up to speed uh, and doing demos for customers within days, because we're just used to how to do this. We, we know all the things that can go wrong. And we know how to set it up in a way that that works. So today's episode is all about what holds people back. And actually, we think there's eight reasons why most documentation efforts, uh, documentation initiatives are doomed to fail. What normally happens, um, what I see happening again and again and again, is something that I can talk, I talk about as the documentation loop of doom. Um, <laughs> trying to say that with a, uh, with a with a grin, my wife is telling me I need to, to smile more on the podcast and be less uh, uh, less serious. But uh, uh, right now we're going to talk about doom, so not not too not too uh, uh, not too light-hearted. Here's how it works. Here's here's what happens again and again and again. What we see is one of the team members will start to get really irritated with some pain points and it might be that best practices aren't being followed or mistakes are being repeated again and again and again. And they feel like the team is stuck and moving at a snail's pace. And on the outside, it looks like documenting the processes, agreeing what the team should be doing, documenting it and then making everyone follow it. It, it seems obvious. It seems like an absolute no brainer. Um, and so, Often that one person will then um, start moving forward. Depending on who it is, there may be other people who are a bit more pessimistic based on past experience. But nonetheless, we, we, this person gets the, the go-ahead or, or they are the, the leader and they go ahead and start uh, taking this on. So they look at not what's not working at the moment. Um, and they'll look at the existing documents, which may be all over the place, or they may well blame put a big part of the blame on the current tool and they work it out and they think about all the content they need and how the tool should work to make it work this time around. And they choose a new tool and they, uh, and sometimes it may be a new tool that they purchase or sometimes it's going, well, last time I put it on Google docs. So this time I'm going to put it on to a shared drive onto a wiki. It may be another tool that they already have access to, but it's a, a change, a commitment to, we are now using this one tool rather than that one tool. And they invest weeks in documenting. Uh, and often they kind of disappear for a little while while they create a kind of a, a, a pile of documentation which feels good enough to kind of announce to the company, this is how it works, this is where it is, this is what you should now be using. And at that moment in time, they feel great because they, they finally have this, this answer. And over the first few, few days, the teams go, oh, hats off to you, that, that does look really useful, okay. And they wait a little while and they watch the content not get used quite so much. And they initially kind of, you know, kind of encourage people to use it more and more, but it becomes apparent that it doesn't get used as much as 
expected that it doesn't solve as many of the pain points that they expected and that the content that created solved some of yesterday's pain points but isn't dealing with the new pain points but it took a long time to create that content and investing another day or week to create new content when they're starting to see that the initial content isn't getting used as as hoped and that doesn't feel great so that person starts to go a little bit quiet when it's discussed at team meetings and, and slowly after three months six months the the acceptance is that um that initiative didn't really work out and so they return to the status quo and they find other ways to deal with the issues which tends to involve uh, a lot of asking people what to do things and when onboarding new team members it involves a lot of lengthy one-to-one -one meetings explaining exactly how things work and then being surprised uh, a few weeks later when things get forgotten or uh, a few months later when you discover that the new joiner doesn't know something which is uh, pretty important for them to be able to do their job uh, and so uh, and as you may have noticed I call this the loop of doom because what happens is you then wait 18 months, maybe even three years. And then the same thing happens. And it, it may be the same person who uh, spots a new tool. And goes, oh, man, I'm going to get it right this time. Or it may be another team member. It's often a, a new person who's joined the team who didn't experience it the last time around. And they go through the same loop. And there's a new a new tool, a slightly new take on, on how to do it. But the same thing happens. And this is why as business leaders, we at the same time, understand that documentation is going to be really important for for solving issues in the long term. Uh, we, we know all the books are telling us that we need to be doing this to, to be able to delegate. We know that it makes a huge different uh, impact on our, the business value. It's a kind of, it adds 20% to your business value if you've got these processes uh, well documented across and, and used. Uh, but at the same time, despite knowing all the, these things, we always have a reluctance to embark on this kind of project. Why? Because it's bitten us in the arse repeatedly. And when something bites you in the arse repeatedly, uh, and you see that the, the usual result from the uh, this kind of initiative is that a few months are, uh, or a few days, weeks, or perhaps months are, are spent, and the outcome is that you're back back in the same place after six months, then you, you, you learn your lesson and you uh, you, you get skeptical at any new new initiative. So that's what we see again and again and again. And yeah, I'm telling you today that that isn't a problem in, in my business. And it's a uh, an area we've been able to help many other businesses now address. Um, so we've gone deep on trying to really get to clear on what are the things that hold you back what are the reasons why most of the documentation efforts initiatives uh, at most uh, small businesses teams in every size of business that fail um, what goes wrong and I got eight uh, eight reasons and uh, I'm gonna go through the first few of those today and then pick pick up the others on tomorrow's episode um, and I'll share what fundamentally goes wrong and then what are the things that you need to be thinking about if you want to get it right? So number one, it's not obvious where content should go. Now, 
<laughs> it's easy to say this kind of in a trivial way. It's not obvious where content should go. And obviously it should be obvious where content should go. And people feel that they get, this is sorted when there's one tool. So first thing, you kind of need a, a home, a kind of a default place where the, um, uh, the content should live. But most teams don't go far enough and they think that's enough. They think that, okay, now I have the home. Now I can put all of my content into, uh, yeah, into the shared documents or into the wiki or into Notion or into whatever. But it's not enough because there's still so many questions about what format should the content take? So I've got a, a piece of best practice. And what I've spotted is that every time we do a, uh, a peer review of some um, code. So the developers are doing some code, they're reviewing each other's and they keep forgetting that they need to review uh, security concerns. And so if they don't do this step, there's a risk, risk that we release uh, updates to the site which have got um, uh, security problems in them and, and that's, a, that's an issue for the business. So it is either a big pain point, a risk for the whole business, or it's a big time um, time drain for leadership. And yes, there are certainly ways where it, some of these things can be automated and we now uh, automate a lot of these things ourselves, but in the short term, we just want people to remember to do it because the, the project to uh, implement a new security tool and so on is, is in months and tens of thousands of pounds, whereas a simple uh, step to make sure that we always remember will will address it. And so what happens? Where do I put this best practice? Where do I put this guidance? Another example might be uh, something that you need to remember around your invoices or a step that needs to go in your um, in, in your demo calls or things that need to happen when repurposing a podcast. Where do you put these best practices? And what so often happens is that someone will start by creating a document and they go, okay, well, this is around security concerns. So I'm going to create a document called security uh, or system security or um, security problems in the, in the code or, or whatever. But immediately there's this kind of what, what is this content? What should I call it? Where should it go? What folder should it be in? At what level? Um, when are people going to find it? And this is often something people don't think of, but they just assume that there will be a document called security concerns and people will always find it at the point that they need it. It's not, it's simply not how it happens in practice. When you simply create a new document with this kind of, um, slightly random array, uh, of, of content that's relating to it, it's not obvious. Uh, where that should sit, it's not obvious exactly what should go in it. And so that very challenge of just working out, working that out leads to procrastination. And you go, I I'm not sure where this content should live. I, I suspect if I put it here, it's not going to be used. And that procrastination kills documentation. It, it kills all the momentum you had to go, we've got a best practice because suddenly something which should have taken five minutes to document this, this series of three steps of, um, things that need to be checked takes hours or days because you suddenly realized if I simply put this in a document somewhere, it's never going to be used. 
So how do we fix this? How do we fix the issue of content not having a home, of it not being obvious uh, where it should go, what format should, it should have? Well, the answer is that all of your guidance, all of the guidance that is documented needs to be tied to a business process. Uh, and there's four types. We have um, onboarding, so the content that you give to a new joiner member of the team. Training, uh, which may be for new joiners, but may also be for more experienced team members. Uh, SOPs, uh, so um, standard operating procedures. Uh, we also sometimes refer to those as checklists because that's the format they generally take. Um, so this is a, a series of steps that tell you how to do a task. And uh, policies. So these can be your company policies around taking time off holiday, but it can also be team policies. So it could be team policy on what needs to be reviewed whenever reviewing security or a team policy on um, marketing guidelines or uh, how to write emails or, or whatever, but an agreed policy. It's not just a, a document that exists somewhere. A policy is something which is a document where the team agrees to adhere to it and they'll need to uh, become aware of it and review it. Um, become aware of it when they join the company, review it uh, annually, make sure that they're aware of what's what's going on. So you've got these four types of, of guidance. And when you've got these four types of guidance, the question is, what type of guidance does this, um, uh, this piece of guidance, what type of content uh, does this piece of guidance I want to share? What does it, where does it sit? Where does it fit into that? And so my example earlier was I've got this uh, security review that I need to be doing when we are developing. So where does that sit? And the answer would be, well, we would need to have a, uh, an SOP, a standard way of doing the task of reviewing code. And as part of that, there should be some steps in that SOP, that checklist, that tell us to do this security review. And it, it starts to become... Um, once you've done this for a little while, it, becomes, it starts to become obvious. It's like nine times out of 10, it should be documentation about how to do a specific task. And that is your, your SOP or checklist. So it's an SOP um, on telling you how to send an invoice or do a demo call or uh, repurpose that podcast or do a peer review of the code. And the best practices that you have during that simply slot into the, to the SOP. It's not a separate document that you hope someone will find. It's not a 10 page epic on anything that relates to invoices. It's a very focused series of tasks that someone needs to do, a series of steps that someone needs to do to do a task. And that makes it really easy, um, both for the person who's looking for that content to work out where it's going to be, but for the person creating that content to know where it should live. So issue number one, it's, it's not obvious where content should live. If you can work out, okay, we've got these four types of content. Everything needs to be one of these. It's normally a checklist. If it's not something that lives in a, uh, a task and you're going to go, I just need them to be aware of it. I don't need them to see this every time. Then it's going to be, need to be training or uh, onboarding or a policy. Um, and so every time uh, the team go, okay, I, I've developed this new architecture for how we tackle this problem. And I feel like we should be documenting it somewhere. You kind of go, 
okay, where does it sit? Is there a is there a checklist? And they go, well, no, it's just something that team need, need, you know team members need to be aware of. Okay, where does it sit? And you go, ah, okay, the, the place that that sits is in the onboarding because we want to make sure that every new team member becomes aware of it and actually will, in making the update, will make existing team members aware of it as well. Uh, and so it becomes obvious, okay, that's where we put the content. And by doing so, we're also solving two other problems. It's then going to be easy for people to find uh, and it's going to be clear why it needs to be kept up to date. Cool. So we've now got a, not just a single home, not just a single tool, but a understanding of where content should live. And that gets past that initial procrastination, which stops people from even getting started. It gets past people having to spend two hours working out how to structure their content because there's already an answer. Number two. So reason number two why uh, these uh, documentation initiatives tend to fall over. They're not focused on the biggest business problems, which is a shame because they often start well focused on big business problems. That's It's the, the pain points that led to a team member getting really agitated and going, we need documentation. And so they start off feeling pain and problems that are slowing down the team. But at some point it gets lost. And at some point they go, okay, well, the solution is documentation. So I need a new tool. And what's the content that the team needs? And they make a big long list of all the, the content and how to structure it because they feel a bit silly just creating one document and having a tool that just has a, a single document sitting on it. That's They're not going to be they realize that won't, that won't scale up well. People aren't going to be clear how to add to it. And if people aren't using it, it's not going to work out. So they go, okay, what's all the content we need? And then they start to create all the content. And this, this is a recipe for disaster. This is a, a face palm moment when you start to see this happen. Because suddenly, rather than prioritizing things which are causing a huge pain and for which the time spent documenting is likely to pay you back in the in the, you know, the near future, you're suddenly prioritizing everything, and you're going, you're trying to be uh, kind of complete and perfect, rather than focused on on impact. So, how do you avoid that happening? Prioritization, prioritization. You got to prioritize the hell out of the stuff that you are creating. You got to go, what are our biggest business pain points? What is the type of content that will help to solve that? Uh, and then focus, raise a focus on that content and creating it at just the level of detail needed to solve the pains that being uh, experienced. So perhaps you've got new team members, so you will need new content for them to get started, but you can be razor focused on what do they need? Or perhaps you've got team members who are leaving and there's a risk of their knowledge being uh, lost, but then you've got to be razor focused on working out what content is key. May Often we've talked about saving, freeing up time for the business leader. That's the priority. If that's a priority, then what exact uh, content could be delegated, which exact processes would need to be documented to start freeing up time. What we do not want to do is make a list of everything which could help at some point. We want to be focused on things which are going to give you a return on that time invested within weeks. Uh, I, I say that again, within weeks. It's uh, almost 
people kind of expect it's like, well, I'm documenting, therefore it's something that will pay back in six months, 12 months, whatever. You should be feeling confident that the pain, when you're starting at the very least, that the pain points you're solving will have an immediate payback, that it will be felt by the team and valued uh, immediately. And that's what we, we experience when we're helping our customers. We are within a, a few weeks, often a few meetings, we are already saving them hours. We are already reducing the time it takes from, for onboarding from months and months to uh, a few days or, or a week. We are already changing their attitude and perception of what's possible within their business within those first few weeks. If that isn't isn't happening, then number one, you know, it's, you've lost that prioritization, and you're not focused on solving those business pain points. And you're not iterating to make sure that those pain points are solved before moving on. Okay, number number three, it takes too long to create content. Um, probably alluded to, to this one already, you, you know, you need to have a an amazing return on the time that you invest. And for many teams, it will take them many people. The idea of documenting any process is like, when you agree on the meeting, it sounds like it's going to take you 10 minutes, half an hour. In reality, it blows up. And if you're lucky, it takes a few hours. And if you're uh, less lucky, we take a different approach, it can take you a few days or, or longer to get it right and get to the point where you feel happy enough to share it with uh, others. Now, our view is, you know, you, you got to see a huge return on investment. Again, particularly early on, you want to see kind of this 10x, a, a 10 times multiple of the time that you've invested in uh, documenting being returned to the team quite quickly. So how how is that possible well um there's a, a a number of of key factors in here one having a a kind of a common uh tool helps a lot it's actually the, the tool can help you to work out uh the rest of it so we, what we want is a common format so that you know exactly you know basically it should be a fill in the box exercise of this is what a an sop or a policy or onboarding should look like and you just need to fill in the gaps the moment that you need to think carefully around how should this be titled how are people going to find it uh how should i document the steps should i write this as a kind of a long form article or a checklist or uh how should i format this oh no i'm using microsoft word and it looks ugly how should i be styling the the text should i be oh, i'm not a big fan of times new roman shall i change that to uh, Calibri, or should I make making this on brand? Should I add some images to make it light? Oh, it feels like it's too dense. Uh, it feels like there's only a few steps and it feels silly to share uh, a document that's only got three steps in. All of these issues are decisions and iterations where something that was simple, you know, go and document how to send an invoice, suddenly becomes a, a, a big ask. I had this example working with... Uh, is actually working with a huge company, working with their sales team. And we had someone who was writing a dash, uh, updating a dashboard and the leader could see that 
updating this dashboard was taking them hours each week. It was a really complicated dashboard, but there's a really good reason why it needed to happen. And uh, you know, the business leaders were getting a huge amount of value out of seeing this dashboard updated each time. It wasn't something that could be automated, um, or it could be automated, but it would have been a uh, you know a six month project, really expensive. It wasn't worth automating. But it also wasn't worth this this kind of uh, highly skilled data engineer you know, spending her time on yeah. keeping the the dashboard up to date. So he wanted to be able to delegate it to um, to other more junior team members in the in the team. And so you kind of said, okay, um, here you go. Can we can we document it? And uh, initially shared some kind of ideas about how that could be done. But she took it away and. What could have been a simple checklist and should have been this simple checklist of uh, step one, open the uh, the template dash uh, the dashboard template. Step two, update this column, so on. It became this uh, kind of encyclopedia of anything and everything that might relate to the the dashboard. It was kind of a oh man, I'm handing over to someone else. What if they had this concern? What happened? Literally, the, the question was. What would happen if they needed to recreate it for for some reason? But I, I better put in the guidance about: Am I thinking about how all those things happened? And this exercise, which could have been a literally, what are the eight steps? Uh, most of them you don't even need screenshots; you just need the the high level things to update it. Became this huge project and a, a big stress point for the person documenting it because they they felt kind of uncomfortable at, about how long they were spending on it. Um, and yeah, ultimately, the, the, the guidance that they, they created, not only did it take a week when it could have been uh, probably not five minutes, but it could have been safely done within an hour, uh, two max. Uh, not only did it take a, a week, but all that additional time uh, creating the additional content and, and structure took something which could have been easy and simple to use and blew it up into something which uh, was a, a beast and difficult to use, difficult to get context on, difficult to uh, to hand over and maintain. So, what what do we need to to to, to make sure that that doesn't happen every time? We need to have a standard format. Team members need to know what that format is, um, and so. It matters what you title your document. It matters what you, uh, how you phrase each step in a checklist. It matters how detailed the additional guidance is. It's not complicated, but most people haven't done this well before. And so you need to um, get the team into a position where they do know what the stands are and how to do it in a good place. And that investment in giving them training and giving them ideally a tool which makes that easy pays off many 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 times because it empowers them in in such a way to then then create the documentation um so yeah once you've got these standard formats in in place and ever, the team know how to create it that that equation changes suddenly something which was taking hours takes minutes something that's taking weeks takes uh hours and you can start to see that 10x return on time invested and obviously the moment you start to see that the time being invested pays back big dividends within weeks um is the moment where you go ah okay now now we can start investing in in documentation as we go rather than waiting for the time that we get to 
a million in revenue or 50 people the time the time is now okay final final one i'm going to cover today and i'm going to pick up tomorrow the final uh, reason today is is not easy to use so we've already quickly <laughs> already covered through it's not obvious where content should go it's not focused on your business uh, biggest business problems it takes too long to create and then the fourth one is it's not easy to use um and i think i've actually alluded to a lot of the pain points uh, already which is when you create a, a huge uh, document it's the approaching your manual um so what how it should feel is you've got a uh, a company manual and whatever you need to do as an employee you can open the manual to a specific page and go Okay, that's how I do that. And when this is working, you will be in a place where employees can solve their own problems. If they've got a you know challenge, like, oh man, should I be doing the security steps or not? They don't need to ask someone else. They don't need to worry about asking someone else and then take their you know best judgment, which might be wrong. They're not gonna um, you know forget steps. They can always look into the manual and find out exactly what they need to do. What happens in uh, too many uh, companies is that they approach it like an encyclopedia and they're they're influenced by I guess by Wikipedia and perhaps they're even using a wiki and it's this kind of feeling of we're creating documentation therefore I'm just going to create all the knowledge that sits around this area and it's not just that that takes a long time to create but it also means that it's really difficult for someone to use if I need to send an invoice then it is so much easier to use a document called send an invoice than to uh, open up the encyclopedia article on invoices and try to interpret you know the the 10 pages on everything that relates to an invoice and then find one small section which seems to be telling me how to send one but i'm looking at the whole document and going this is so broad that i'm not confident that anyone's keeping this up to date it it makes a it makes all the difference it once you are making it easy to use and it, it's going to be easy for someone to find easy for someone to follow easy to maintain easy to know when it needs to be maintained easy to know when there's a issue because one of the steps is wrong and therefore that needs to be addressed um and so yeah that that's huge and how, how do you how do you make it easy to use well we use checklists checklists um that take you through the steps like a like a manual uh and tell you how to do the tasks that you can go through step by step make it incredibly uh clear how it should be documented and how it should be used um and for some checklists it's enough that they're kind of there as a, a reference uh, a reference document a reference manual for other ones they should be interactive it this is often a, a place where customers get we find customers get confused because they, they come up with a few examples and go well we'll just have that as a reference document and it's okay for some of your kind of checklists to just be a series of steps as a document when that doesn't work so well is when you've got a checklist which doesn't get started and finished within a short you know 10 minutes 20 minutes when you've got one which lasts a few days so let's say it's an onboarding checklist um you want to be able to see the onboarding the person being onboarded to see exactly which steps he's already done and resume the next day they may have be distracted and taken out to meetings and they need to come back and see where they are you as a manager want to be able to see where they are so making it interactive and be able to check off that steps is important 
It's also important for uh, uh, any process where making a mistake has a high impact or where it needs to be audited by regulatory bodies. A lot of examples in, for example, finance, uh, missing a step in your annual review, uh, annual tax return uh, is not okay. You need to make sure each individual step has been checked off. Uh, in data security, you need to make sure that you have a record that each uh, process and, and step has been followed um, so that you can prove that both internally to your team, but also to regulatory bodies and to your customers who want to see evidence that you are uh, following best practices. Uh, when you've got, um, let's say, a checklist where you need to be gathering information at the same time, then both having those as ones that can be ticked off, but where you can capture that information without having to use a separate tool makes life a lot easier. Uh, an example could be doing a demo, you're trying to capture the um, the the information that they're sharing during that that call that sales call with a customer so while some checklists can be um can just be as a reference document for uh a lot of the content uh, that you'll you'll find as you try and scale up your documentation having it that as an interactive checklist and ideally one that you can even kind of uh use to collate information like a form within the checklist makes life um, much, much easier uh, and means that you're um, ultimately able to have these different types of tasks, different types of challenges in a single tool, which goes back to the original problem of making sure that people can find the content they need. Um, other ways to, to make content easy to use. So if you've got a really long series of steps and breaking it down into smaller sections is really useful. Uh, making sure that it's worded in a sensible way. Um, using some imagery and emojis can you know, help to make it feel uh, a little lighter. Uh, all of these things kind of uh, help. And I could probably just go into a, a separate episode at some point on how to make a really friendly, easy to use uh, a checklist or onboarding or training or policy. Um, but yeah, uh, fundamentally for the people using it, it needs to be easy to easy to follow, easy to use. Otherwise, uh, of course, they're not going to use it. If they don't use it, the return on time invested goes out the window. And if that happens, then it's not going to be updated. And if that happens, we're going to go back on our documentation loop of doom, where whereby um, you know people people give up and you return back to your status quo and in a few you know 18 months you'll you'll try this whole cycle try this whole cycle again uh, and unfortunately uh <laughs> uh the experience i've seen both actually in my own businesses um before solving it and at many other businesses is, is it gets repeated okay so tomorrow there's another another four reasons so uh, uh, there's eight reasons why uh, documentation usually fails with these kind of lists, you normally go, oh, okay, well, I, I imagine there's one or two reasons why we're we're not making it work in our, our business. Um, I'd actually say all of these eight reasons are just so common in 90, 99% of businesses where documentation isn't working. So it's not just one. You need to get these all in place. Uh, and yeah, tomorrow we'll, we'll delve into the final four um, because if we can help you to overcome this, if we can help you to work out how to create a 
uh, a standard way of documenting your business. It creates a foundation of best practices across your organization. You then you remove a huge amount of stress from, from uh, employees. They are now empowered to solve their own problems. There's less micromanagement. There's less conflict. And when there are issues raised, they can start to use that, that, that baseline, that foundation, and grow on it and improve. So it's a really, really important one. And we'll go through the, the four, the four uh, challenges uh, tomorrow. And in, in subsequent episodes, we'll pick up on uh, a lot of these areas in, in more detail uh, because it's, it's so key. It's so foundational to solving um, business stress and, and unlocking growth. Cool. Uh, so I hope that was useful. Um, as our regular listeners will know, we run a weekly webinar, which is how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. And certainly in that webinar, we'll be uh, touching on as part of freeing up, uh, freeing up that time, freeing, freeing up 15 hours, having a uh, an approach, a system uh, business process for how you tackle documentation is is going to be critical. Uh, so that's going to go uh, a razor focused, business impact focused uh, approach to how you can do that. Uh, it's a weekly webinar. You can find the details on our website at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. That's airmanual.co co forward slash webinar. And a uh, final note for our podcast listeners. Um, this is a new uh, new podcast for us, and we need your need your help. If you found the content today valuable, it would really help us if you could just take thirty seconds, uh, a minute, just to to leave a, a review in the you know the, the podcast app that you're using, um, a short note or or just the, the the stars. It really helps us to give the podcast more visibility, particularly while the podcast is lo- uh, young. Um, and ultimately to help more people. So thank you for that. And until next time, have fun. Mm-hmm.